Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Football Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pipkin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tom Walker. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Wow. This is uh, exciting, weird. Have we forgotten how to podcast? Will anybody yeah. listen? <laughs> <laughs> Will anyone listen other than your dad? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really good to be back. Um, we've obviously taken a little bit of a break. Um, you know, we we when this kind of coronavirus thing broke out, we had a decision to make, didn't we, Tom? Because we're we're a, yeah. a gambling podcast. That's the the whole essence of the show, but there wasn't any odds, there wasn't any games to bet on. So some some podcasts that I listened to kind of churned out different content. We just mm-hmm. decided to sit on our ass, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We we thought we'd have the break. Um, I know a few people have tweeted in and said, "Will you do a, like a Bundesliga podcast for betting there? Would you do like a, whatever South Korean football because that was on?" But um, we just thought, you know, that's not what we know. That's not our expertise. And we'd just kind of be, we can look at the stats and do a bit of research, but, you know, we don't have that kind of in-depth knowledge for those leagues that we do for this. So it wouldn't be, the, the quality I don't think would be there. So we didn't do it. No, no, it wouldn't. Um, like you said, we could we could make it up and maybe we could get lucky, but realistically we're probably, you know, going to struggle to, pick out some winners over in South Korea. But, you know, now football is back. It's not back in its entirety, but it's back in, I suppose, what is the new way um, Mm -hmm. in the modern day. And with everything going on kind of politically at the moment, it couldn't uh, couldn't really come at a better time, could it really? No, definitely. It's going to be a a relief for a lot of people. it's going to be thoroughly enjoyed, I'm sure. I don't think Aston Villa against Sheffield United, the first game on Wednesday, would have ever dreamed of getting the numbers they're probably going to get watching that game. <laughs> I Honestly, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that game. I know, me neither. I me mean, neither. If this was if this was pre-coronavirus, I'd be looking at this thinking, Villa, apart from Grealish, don't excite me. Sheffield United... They're decent, but I'm more bothered about Man City, Arsenal. Let's move on. Yeah. But now yeah. I'm like, wow, give it to me. <laughs> Get it on surround sound, widescreen. Like I, I, I want to soak every moment in. Definitely. I'm exactly the same. Exactly the same. So we'll have a quick run through of what we're going to go through today. The Premier League is spread out all over the place. Uh, we've got a game or two every day, pretty much, for the foreseeable future. So uh, we're going to go through all the Premier League games up until the 22nd, which is Monday the 22nd, Man City-Burnley. Then we'll look at the Championship games, which are largely played on Saturday, and uh, also the League 2 playoff fixtures as well. Yeah, a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about League 1 and League 2 um, and you know everything that happened further down the line. Um, but yeah, let's let's start off and kind of jump straight back in um, yeah. with the Premier League, Tom. Um, as you said, starting on Wednesday with Villa Sheffield United as a, it's it feels like a curtain raiser, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's weird, isn't it? Because like we were saying before we started recording the show, it's it feels a bit like a new season 
but at the same time, it's it's obviously not a new season. It's difficult. So, do we go off previous form, considering that was three months ago? It's, it's exactly the same group of players who were crap before, in Villa's case. You'd expect they're still going to be crap now, but yeah. but it's three months ago, I mean, so it's difficult. The only thing that you can really, uh, I mean, this goes for everything from the Premier League down to League Two. I think the only things that I've been taking into consideration when I've been doing my research is the crop of players and how good the teams are, how much people rely on home form. So I'm going to use Millwall as an example. Somewhere like Millwall, that is kind of traditionally, and everyone knows that is a dogged away day for for the best of teams. But without the fans and everything, you kind of lose that fear factor. So I look into, I've been looking into that. Who's going to relish the fact that they're playing, you know, inverted commas, away from home, but they don't have the, you know, the intimidation factor. I mean, I had a look at some of the Bundesliga games um, and the La Liga obviously just started a few days ago. And a lot of away wins, a lot of away yeah. wins. I, I was going to say, I've got some stats for that, actually. Um, Ooh, I was going to say. Lovely. Okay. So... This is just focusing on the Bundesliga, but I think you know it really puts into perspective how home advantage is completely gone. Um, so the away win percentage in the Bundesliga this season before coronavirus was just 11%. Uh, now, since the restart, it's risen to 51%. Oh, my God. It's huge. The difference between the away team winning is absolutely huge. Um, which really shows what home advantage and having the fans around you. You know, they're typically known as the 12th man. <laughs> you can see how much of an effect it, they seem to have on players. Absolutely. So um, bringing it back to Villa, Sheffield United, is there anything in particular that you like the look of um, from this game? Well, Villa, again, kind of going back to back to the point I said about an expecting home crowd, I think, Villa fall under that. Um, I think yeah. uh, the whole end can, can get a little a little upset if it's not going their way. Um, but even with that, I, I'm honestly siding towards Sheffield United. I mean, I wanted Sheffield United on the double chance. That's what I wanted. Uh, but it's four to eleven. Um, so it that's, that's it, rubbish. Yeah, it's really tight. It's really tight. And so not overly pleased with that. I think it will be low scoring. Uh, I think most games involving Sheffield United this season haven't exactly kind of been blockbusters. Uh, if you have a look, they've only scored 30 goals in 28 games. Um, so it's a pretty average return there. Um, and yeah, in terms of the over under, so Sheffield United, so over six goals. In their games, 21.43%, under 78.57%. So very largely kind of leaning towards lower scoring. And with that being said, I mean, I will tip under um, under 1.5 goals, I think. I think it's going to be pretty boring, pretty narrow. Um, it's 12 to 5. I think that's a decent price. 
Uh, 1.5. I was going to say um, I think the route goes under 2.5, so I've gone um, one higher than you. The odds are still 4 to 5, so that's pretty good, I thought, under 2.5, considering yep. those statistics. And also considering, I think we've got to take into account um, with this first round of matches in particular, it's a completely new environment for the players, um, having no fans there, playing in front of, in these big, massive stadiums with no fans there. It's, it's a new environment. I think it's going to take perhaps a little bit of adapting to, but I don't think we're going to see two twos, three ones in the first week of football. I, I Largely. Don't, I don't think so either. Yeah. But the under market generally, I think, is the way to go for that game. Um, so let's move on to the second game on Wednesday, which is Man City against Arsenal. Uh, City 4-11, to the draw 17-4, to Arsenal 13-2. to uh, for me, I think City should win this one, four to eleven. I don't see anything, any reason really why Arsenal would win this, would win this one. Head to heads, uh, City have won the last six in a row. They've won the first half in the last six consecutive games. Arsenal with that clean sheet against Man City in twelve consecutive games. So it's not positive statistic for Arsenal in the head to head. I think Man City should win this one. I think if any game is going to be High scoring, actually, it'd probably be this one, um, just based on the two teams involved. But yeah, I think Man City should win, but four to eleven is pretty poor odds. Yes, and especially, uh, I don't know how much to read into this, but uh, the behind closed doors, very, very friendly loss to uh, Brentford. What wasn't the issue, but some of the defending from our friend David Louise and couple of others um, mm-hmm. didn't exactly strike you with too much confidence. Um, Man City also, Tom, referring to your injury uh, point, uh, Leroy Sane, remember him? Um, he mm. He's going to be back. Did well. Yeah, he's going to be back. Um, so that's another kind of, you know, point to Man City in terms of who you should lean towards. I think, to be honest with you, I think this is going to be really quite dull. Um, yeah. I think you've got City. I mean, they should sew up second place. They got four points on Leicester with a game in hand. Um, they're obviously not going to catch Liverpool. You know, I I see Man City going out and not having much intensity, and Arsenal down in ninth, which is completely unbelievable. Um, they're just a bad side. I think this will be an absolute dog's dinner. City to win four to eleven, but I don't think I'll be putting any money on it. No, no, me neither. Um, okay, we'll move to Friday. We've got Norwich Southampton and Tottenham Man United. Obviously, Spurs Man United, the headline draw of this day. Anything that you like first and foremost in Norwich Southampton, or shall we move straight to Spurs United? I think Norwich Norwich Southampton's a tough one, isn't it? It is. Um, is. Nor- Norwich definitely get quite a lot from the Carrow Road crowd. Um, mm. Southampton are dangerous. But before the break, Southampton, they did lose uh, three in a row on the road and they did lose um, five of their last six. I don't know how much you can take into that. Uh, Norwich haven't lost at Southampton. Uh, sorry, Norwich haven't lost to Southampton at all at Carrow Road in the last four encounters. 
but everything is is on its head now because of the uh, because of the yeah. break. So honestly, I think just sit back and enjoy what will probably be quite an open game of football. Yeah, I, I think if there's any likely winner here, it's probably Southampton. I wouldn't tip it with a lot of confidence, really. Uh, I don't think I'll be putting any money on this game. But if I had to pick, I'd go for Southampton. And, and I'm just thinking mainly more, like we say, with we've seen with the Bundesliga stats, away sides winning a lot more. Now the crowd for the home side isn't there. And I just think the quality of Southampton's squad is better than Norwich's. Yeah, I'd agree. So Spurs, Man United then. Again, for me, I reckon this is going to be an away win. Manchester United to get one over on Mourinho um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 7-5 to five is good odds for United if you fancy them. Spurs 7-4. to four. I agree. If you're interested, uh, the draw 5-2 to two, if you're interested in that. Uh, big news for Man United. Rashford is back and Paul Pogba is back. I think in their, they had a pre-season. Well, hey, pre-season. It's not even pre-season, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Uh, Pre-restart, friendly game uh, against West Brom. Uh, Pogba partnered Bruno Fernandes in midfield. Um, So it'll be interesting to see that dynamic and how they work together because before the break, Bruno was on fantastic form. Um, I just think Manu are going to have too much for Spurs. Spurs have just really failed to deliver much under Mourinho, haven't they? They've lost a lot of their recent big games. You know, Before the break, they lost to Wolves, they lost to Chelsea, they lost in the in the Champions League to Leipzig, um, FA Cup to Norwich. They were on a poor run of form. Um, and I know I said we're not going to look too much into form, but I just don't think Spurs are going to have enough to beat Man United. No. Uh, there was a time, probably about a decade ago, <laughs> I would never, ever bet against Mourinho at home. No. It was gambling suicide. But... Now I'm more than happy to go against him. He's even been, he's even found a way to be negative during this whole kind of coronavirus thing. Like, you know, he's getting Harry Kane back. Harry Kane's probably going to play. I don't know how much, but you know, it's likely he could start against uh, United. But still, he, Mourinho's been he's just been a damp Eeyore, hasn't he? It's just <laughs> same old, same old. The only thing that worries yeah. me about United. I think the Pogba-Bruno Fernandes partnership will look absolutely fantastic going one way, but going back, I, I do worry. Uh, so as yeah, long yeah. as I see a math, I'm, I'm not a fan of Matic anymore, but as long as I see him or Fred in there, or maybe even McTominay if he's available, someone in there just to, you know, uh, this isn't a FIFA game. Do you know what I mean? This is... Yeah, it's Premier yeah. League top level football. So as long as I see one of them in there, happy to take United. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move to Saturday then. Four games all spread out across the day: Watford, Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal, West Ham, Wolves, Bournemouth, Crystal Palace. Um, I know we we're saying uh, I can't wait for football to get back, but it's not the most exciting day on paper, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, There's not a marquee game there out of, the, out of those four. No. Especially to finish with Bournemouth Palace as a 7.45. However, what I will say is it's bad for us, but I think these games will be quite unpredictable. So mm. not good for our show, <laughs> but for entertainment-wise, I think it might be quite interesting. Um, yeah. Let's, let's start off with Watford-Leicester, Tom. Uh, Watford... 
obviously climbing out of the relegation zone by one goal uh, just before the break. Uh, they are level with Bournemouth on 27 points and West Ham on 27 points. And they've got a Leicester side hunting down Man City um, and trying to solidify their top four spot. Um, what do you see happening at Vicarage Road? That's my response <laughs> to that question. <laughs> no, no idea, I imagine. Yeah, I don't know which way this one's going to go. Um, one slight concern that I have about Watford is that I feel like out of all clubs, from everything that I've read and seen, they're the one that's probably been most against, well, most outspoken um, against restarting or have voiced the most concerns about restarting. Um, out of all the Premier League clubs, perhaps, mainly because of Troy Deeney. Um, I've, I've even been at home during this period, and Troy Deeney's been on Good Morning Britain, <laughs> speaking about how he's against restarting the Premier League. So um, if he shares the concerns, well, if the rest of the squad share Troy Deeney's concerns, it makes me think about their mentality and potentially how up for this are they really going to be considering that Leicester are chasing the Champions League spot um, I know they've got relegation to uh, to fight against but I don't know if it's if it's there in the back of the minds and Leicester are just more at it and up for it I think Leicester could perhaps take this one at 23 to 20 but yeah it, it's just a bit of a toss-up for me yeah I think I think I I have something that I'd like to like to throw out there um, it involves Leicester and both teams to score. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, let's talk about goals, first of all. Leicester, um, this season, have scored 58 in 29 games. Um, they have scored in 23 of their 29 games, which is 79%. Watford, uh, they haven't been as good going forward, but that's not a huge concern of mine. I'm looking at them at the back. They've conceded 44 in 29 games. Obviously, under Pearson, they have definitely been a bit better, uh, but they've only managed nine clean sheets in 29 games. Um, I'm leaning towards Leicester. I do think Watford... I, I get what you're saying, Tom. Personally, mm. I think Troy Deeney, is, he, he cares about Watford too much. And I think the way that he is wired, definitely he was against them coming back. Absolutely. But I think now the game's here. I think he's going to say to people, you know, we're in a relegation scrap. We didn't want to play, but now the game's on. We've got to switch it on. That's the, that's yeah. what I'm yeah. guessing. I don't know Mr. Dini personally. Don't you? <laughs> but but that's that's what I would be going for. Um, yeah. That kind of angle anyway. Um, and okay. I'm, I'm going to go for uh, Leicester to win and both teams to score. I'm thinking maybe a 2-1 um, or yeah. something like that. And the price for that is a 10-3. Uh, 10-3, ten to three. Ten to three, both uh, Leicester to win, both teams to score. Correct. Yeah, decent price. 
decent price. Uh, can't forget, this is a Watford side that beat Liverpool as well. Ended Liverpool's on video run before uh, coronavirus hit. It was brilliant. The three o'clock game, I think Arsenal are going to go away to Brighton and get the win there. Priced at 21 to 20. The, the main thing I'm going off here is because this is Arsenal's second game in the space of four days. Um, so I think Brighton will still have to adapt to the new environment, new atmosphere, playing in their empty home stadium, whereas Arsenal would have done that against Man City. They're probably going to lose against Man City, as we've covered. But I think they're going to have had that experience, so they're going to be ready to go. They know what to expect. It's not going to be new to them. Um, and I think they can have that mental advantage over Brighton. And considering they've already got a, a squad quality advantage, I think that, uh, for me, just secures it. Yeah, and if you have a look, I know we keep kind of contradicting ourselves, saying, <clears throat> you know, don't look at previous form. But sometimes no. it's hard to ignore <laughs> because Brighton haven't, didn't win any of their last 10 matches. It, yeah. I, I like I find that hard to ignore that how bad they were. Um, yeah, and Arsenal again, you know they they get a lot of flack, especially from myself. Like I'm more than happy to stick the knife into Arsenal most times, but they had, they didn't lose any of their last eleven away games. So if you put those stats together, whether it's relevant now or not. Your point, which I totally agree with, with the fact that they're going to be used to the environment and the fact that Arsenal are just a better side in general. Yeah, I, I'd go for Arsenal. I think Brighton will make yeah. it difficult. I don't think Arsenal will blow anyone away. Uh, but 21-20, I'm quite happy to take a, a little gamble on Arsenal there. Yeah, yeah. I think you're saying Arsenal haven't lost in 11 or however many you said before coronavirus. Yeah. I think away from home, I think that is a stat that you could probably pick up and work with because it's away from home. And they're, again, they're away from home here. Um, whereas if you were, if you had it on the other foot, whereas if they'd not lost in 11 at home, conditions have changed, haven't they? Yeah. More so for the home side than the away side. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So yeah. If, you're a, if you're a good away side already, with fans there, I'm inclined to think you're going to be just as good, if not better, on the road now. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's a good start, I think, that, that we can work with. Yeah, totally with you. Um, yeah, you've uh, pretty much nailed that there. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, West Ham Wolves. West Ham need a win. 27 points, that's level on uh, level on points with Bournemouth, who are in 18th in that final relegation position. They need the win. Wolves in sixth, chasing Europa League, even Champions League. They're only five points behind Chelsea. Um, I don't... Usually, I'd say Wolves. Uh, again, sim- we're going for a lot of away sides here. Uh, I'd say Wolves, based on squad quality. Um, West Ham need the points, though. Uh, Wolves for me. Honestly, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a bully. Um, but you know, I mentioned that you know Mourinho's been been negative. I mean, it's all. You know, it's only social media at the end of the day, and it's only fan noise. But the lack of confidence from West Ham fans going into this last stretch of how many mm. games it is is alarming. I don't think Moyes 
has the full confidence of the players, the fans, probably even the board. Uh, I I really worry for West Ham, to be honest with you. Yeah, me uh, too. And I, I'm going to back Wolves. I'm, I'm going to go out on a whim and say, you know, West Ham, although they will probably benefit from not having their expectant fan base at home, I think Wolves, you know, set up for the counter-attack perfectly. Diego Jota, yeah. we all know about Adama Traore, uh, Doherty as well um, as a as a wing back. Uh, they've got so much pace and so much attacking quality. Um, and you just have to look at um, West Ham's top scorers. Sebastian Allaire with seven. He's not really impressed. Snodgrass with five. I'm pretty sure two of those were in one game. And then you're down to Mark Nobles and Aaron Cresswell yeah. and Issa Diop. And, and I, I just don't think they've got enough. I think Nope. For me, Wolves are a really good price at twenty three to twenty, and I'd be going old gold all day. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's not going to get any easier for West Ham either. Spurs up next, and then Chelsea, so it is going to get harder. And yeah. Just a completely random, off-topic thing here. I've got a football manager file on the go with West Ham. Is it weird that I'd love to get a West Ham kit on with uh, a name of a player I've signed on the back? Who doesn't even exist? Oh, if it's a regen, absolutely. A regen. No problem. I'd love to get a West Ham kit with a regen on the back. No problem. I think if you get a West Ham shirt with Paolo Dybala on the back, that's where I draw yeah. that's where I draw the line. <laughs> that's that's not acceptable. Yeah. But I signed um, Joe Ryan Gravenberch from Ajax. Yes. I signed him four years ago for West Ham. He's turned into a real West Ham legend in yeah. four years. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm surprised you've been able to keep him up for this long. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm in Champions League. I don't want to talk about football manager. I played it so much and I'm still as bad as I was when Corona <laughs> when Corona started. So I'm happy to move on to Bournemouth Palace, please. Um yeah, okay, go on then, take it away because I'm Struggling a little bit with this. I've got potentially an angle, but go on, I want to hear your thoughts first. Oh, interesting. First of all, if anyone hasn't seen it, Bournemouth have just released their new kit for the next season. It's an absolute belter. I, could, I haven't, actually. I would 100% recommend having a little look at that. Uh, let's oh, talk right. about Bournemouth then. I mean, in the bottom three, completely under threat of going down, um, Palace... In 11th, relatively safe. And I'm I'm going to side with Palace, I think. Really? Yeah, I think I'm going to okay. side with Palace. I like the way that they're set up away from home. Um, on the road this season, uh, they've only... I mean, it doesn't sound great, but can take into consideration that they haven't been wonderful this season. They've been mid-table to lower mid-table. Uh, they've lost five of fourteen, and they've been unbeaten on nine of fourteen on the road. They've only scored fourteen on the road, and they've only conceded nineteen on the road. And if you have a look at Bournemouth, Bournemouth have conceded more goals at home. They've scored about the same at home than Palace have away. I I just think Palace are set up. To be the away side, Van Arnholt, Zaha, Schlup, 
Ayu. There's so much pace in there. Um, I, and honestly, like, I, I just I don't see Bournemouth getting out of it. They're, they're my tip to go down, and it kind of hurts me because they've got some really, really good players. Uh, but mm. clearly, it's it's not quite working uh, this season. And, you know, this has probably been the hardest season they've had since they came up. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm looking at Palace. I like him on the road, and I like him against a, a Bournemouth team. I, I don't really hold too much hope for. Um, Palace yeah, are priced yeah. at 15, 15 to 8. Yeah, I get you. I get where you're coming from. Um, probably not for me. I'm thinking our Crystal Palace is going to be one of the sides who we'd say are typically on the beach. 39 points. They're 12 points away from relegation with, what, nine games to play. They're going to be safe. Um, are they perhaps mentally thinking we've had three months off? Right, we're going to play football again. Great. But what's the point? What are we aiming for? We're not going down. We're not getting Europe. We're just in mid-table. We're just playing games for the sake of playing until the new season comes along. Whereas Bournemouth have actually got something to play for, which makes me think, are they going to want it more? Um, and therefore, you know, put in better, put in a better performance. I get it. I do get it. Um, for me, Palace, for you, you know, you disagree. That's fine. That's uh, yeah. That's what this show's all about, Tom. Opinions. Absolutely. David Brooks back from Bournemouth as well. He'll be a big help. Oh, yes, he will. Absolutely. Sunday then, we have Newcastle, Sheffield United, Villa, Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool. Um, we'll leave with Newcastle, Sheffield United. Sheffield United's second game of uh, this opening round of fixtures, really. Newcastle's first. Uh, how do you think this one's going to go? Um, it will be like watching paint dry. <laughs> I think uh, under two point five is four to seven. Under one point five, which again is my tip, uh, seven to four. Again, I touched on Sheffield United's goal record, and you know I don't even think the profit chasers need me to go through any stats to back up the fact that Newcastle are. A little bit goal shy. Their top scorer is John Joe Shelby with five. That's uh, all you need to know about that. <laughs> and then, then they've got a whole host of players: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players on two goals, and one, two, three, four, five of them are defenders. So this will be absolutely horrific to watch. But but yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> Villa Chelsea then. Again, Villa's second game of this opening. A lot of fixtures. Chelsea's first. Chelsea priced at eight to fifteen to get the win. Villa, despite being the home side, way out nine to two. Um again for me it's gonna come down to quality of squad. I think Chelsea will be motivated by the fact Ziek is coming in. In the summer, Timo Werner potentially on the brink of coming in. Kai Havertz has even been rumored to be potentially coming in over the summer as well, um, following Werner through the door. I think these things are going to be morale boosting for Chelsea. The fact they're chasing top four is going to be a real incentive. And I think quality is going to show in this game. But odds, 8-15, to 15, not the best. Not the best. I am also on Team Chelsea uh, for me. Definitely um, 
of that persuasion. Again, it's it's Grealish or bust, really, isn't it, for Villa? Um, <clears and throat> they've got so many bad players that get way too much game time. Um, yeah, uh, I couldn't be more in Chelsea's camp. Um, so we'll move on to Everton-Liverpool. 9-2 for Everton. 29-10 the draw. 3-5 Liverpool. Um, for me, Liverpool. 3-5. The fans potentially can be a massive factor in these games. They're not there anymore for Everton. So it, even, it lays even bare the, uh, the difference in quality between the two squads. And I think Liverpool will just have way too much. Yes. Um can they win the league? Shocking record, haven't they? Uh, they can win the league, um, I believe. If Man City, I think if Man City lose to Arsenal and Liverpool win at Everton, they'll win the league. I think. Hmm. We've just predicted that won't happen, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> we think Man City will win, Liverpool will win, and then Liverpool will need one more. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay, I just want to see what kind of dynamic it is. I mean, weirdly, if the title was resting on this game, I would be less confident with Liverpool because I just think Everton, you know, even though the fans aren't there, then the pride at state to try and stop Liverpool winning the title at Goodison because when Arsenal won the title at White Hart Lane, they still go on about it to this day, yeah. and rightfully so. Um, so yeah, if Liverpool, if Liverpool cannot win the league against Everton, Liverpool all day. If Liverpool can win the league, I still fancy him, but just be a a little bit wary, profit chasers. That Everton yeah. are going to be party poopers. Uh, do, yeah. do you get where I'm coming from, Tom? Absolutely, absolutely. I, and I agree as well. Extra um, motivation in that. Which I think, from a betting perspective, it probably suits us more if Liverpool can win the league against Everton, because the odds on Everton getting something from this game are quite high. So that could be taken advantage of if if we're right in our thinking. Yeah, hundred percent. So one more game to cover: Monday the twenty second, Man City against Burnley. Could be a dead rubber for City if uh, things do turn out that Liverpool win the league at Everton. But uh, nonetheless, 1-6 to six for Manchester City to get the win. I'm pretty sure they will. Um, Burnley, 10th position, very, very mid-table. Um, I think Man City will win this routinely. Either way, whatever happens. Yeah, routine win. Um, Dyche will make it difficult. Will he care that much if Burnley lose? No. Will Man City care that much if they win? No. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Move on to the championship. No, no one is going to care about that game, I guarantee it. No, absolutely not. OK, let's uh, let's look at the championship. We focused quite a, quite a long time on the Prem there. Yeah. So let's have a whiz through uh, championship games. We've got literally a full fixture list playing at three o'clock on Saturday, aside from two matches. First one, Fulham-Brentford. Absolute firecracker of a game to get started with. Usually, um, I'd predict probably goals in this, but I'm more hesitant to because of the situation being first game back, as we've already talked about. Uh, Do you think there will be goals? Do you think it'll be a cagey affair? Um, 
two London rivals coming think, up against each other. I think I think you will get goals. Um, I don't think it's going to be. I, I, the thing is with these games, what I've noticed is you don't get that higher level quality. Uh, players are rusty. You know, players. It's a weird environment. Like no, no one's in the absolute full full flow. Um, I'm actually going to go for draw, and I never ever tip draws. Um, but twenty three to ten is the draw. If you want to go correct score, I think I would go for one one. Um, and obviously that would lead you also into our favorite both teams to score eight yeah. to eleven. Um, I think. Whenever these two sides meet, whenever it is, whatever venue, whatever is at stake, I think both teams are almost guaranteed to score. Uh, Fulham yeah. have scored in 30 or 37. Brentford have scored in 26 of 37. Um, so really good records there. Yeah, uh, I'd say these two sides have got the best front threes in the league. So, yeah, goals is very unsurprising if it does come to pass. Um, to back you up a bit, Tom, uh, the last three consecutive meetings at Craven Cottage have all been draws and they've all been score draws as well. Oh, look at that. See? Yeah. There we go. OK, so we've got a whole load of three o'clock then. Plenty to sink our teeth into. Again, it's tough. But uh, one game that I'm looking at for... Something is Sheffield Wednesday to get something, I reckon, against Forest. So Sheffield Wednesday or draw on the double chance, which is what I fancy, four to nine. So the price is eh, okay, eight to five for Sheffield Wednesday to get the win on the nose. And I say that because um, of the history between the two sides. And we said this, I'm sure, before on the podcast a few times, but Forest just seemed to have this woeful record against a couple of sides. Cardiff are one, Sheffield Wednesday are the second. Um, we've lost nine of the last 10 games oh against Sheffield Wednesday. They beat us 4-0 at the city ground uh, in December, thoroughly backing up our shocking record against them. And despite the fact that I think we've got a better squad than they have, we're in a much better place as a club than they are, there just seems to be this thing when Forest plays Sheffield Wednesday, we come unstuck and they do really well. They scored at least three goals in four of the last five games against us. And these stats that I'm looking at, I just can't get away from the fact that we're just crap against Sheffield Wednesday. And I don't see why that would change. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, man, he, I, I completely forgot that he was even in the championship. And then when obviously they beat us, was it 4-0 at home? 4-0, yeah. Yeah, first half hat trick. So, yeah, yeah, we rubs his hands together. All forestry in town. Exactly. I totally agree. I mean, you know, if you're a new listener, uh, me and Tom, big forest fans, and obviously really excited for for the boys to be back and can't wait to see what's going to happen. But yeah, um, with my podcast head on and not my forest head on, yeah, I don't fancy forest one bit to be honest, uh, <laughs> just because of the, the history. Um, yeah. Let's move on to, I, I mean, I don't have a bet to talk about for this game, but I just want to quickly touch on it, Tom. Probably for me, the most fascinating game, apart from obviously League Two playoffs, Hull Charlton. Oh, yeah. So many little storylines, so many 
this person said this, Lyle Taylor's not doing this. The whole, the whole chairman doesn't want to doesn't want to do this. It feels like neither of these teams are in a great spot. But honestly, yeah. I'm absolutely fascinated to see what's going to happen here. Fascinated. Yeah. Um, me too. I put an accumulator on a few sides to either go up, go down, pull other team that I've put from the championship to actually go down. Um, they're just woeful, aren't they? But the one thing that you, when you think of Charleston, who do they need to get out of trouble? It's Lyle Taylor. Um, there's actually, I saw a rumour, just a rumour, that he might have U-turned on his decision. Really, yeah? To not play. Yeah. Um, whether that is true or not, not got a clue. But mm. I think if Lyle Taylor doesn't play, and it's weird, you know, they, it's hinges on one player so much for me. If Lyle Taylor doesn't play, I don't think Charlton win. And I think Charlton struggled to stay up. If Lyle Taylor plays, I think it gives him a, a great chance. Yeah, I, I'd agree, mate. I'd agree. I mean, Charlton, uh, Macaulay Bond was on some really good form previously. They got Tom Ahmed, who is an experienced striker, but you know, not necessarily a, a goal getter. Um, and apart from that, there's pretty much nothing in terms of of you know striking yeah. firepower. So yeah. Uh, you know, not much in terms of what to gamble on. I don't know if you have a tip for the profit chasers at all for this. No. No, I no. don't think so. I won't be going anywhere near <laughs> it. But I think it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait. Um, I can't wait. I, yeah. Oh, crap. Have I like, imagined this? Or I'm sure I got, I get notifications from Sky Sports. I'm convinced I got one that said Grant McCann had either been sacked or left the role as manager at Hull. Really? I'm convinced I got one. Whether, like, I did and then it's just <laughs> wrong. Because <laughs> up until today, when I did my research, in my head, I thought he'd gone. Really? <laughs> I was thinking, oh, Hull, Hull against Charlton. Could they get a new manager bounce? Who's the new manager? I need to check this out. And then I see it's Grant McCann. And I've, I thought, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's been sacked. So for the last two or three months, I thought he'd been sacked. Mate, this is what... Isolation. <laughs> this is what isolation does to you. Yeah. He did a press yeah, conference um, yesterday. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> going crazy probably. But yeah. Anyway, let's go back to the games, Tom. West okay. Brom, Birmingham. Uh, I think it's fair to say West Brom um, are pretty favoured. They are by me anyway. Uh, they weren't mm -hmm. firing on all cylinders before... Uh, the break, but Birmingham, are the perfect team that you want to come to town. Um, they've been really poor all season. Pep Clotet, who pretty much has a reputation for being the biggest EFL backstabber, um, is going to leave this summer. I think that's a really good thing for Birmingham. He's, he's not a calibre manager, I don't think, for this level. Um, but anyway... Back to the game. West Brom in seconds. They are doing their very best to both claw away from Fulham, six-point gap, and hunt down that title. Um, it's only one point you know, off Leeds, and West Brom get the chance to go top before Leeds play on the Sunday. So 
Big incentive, yeah. four to seven for the baggies. I think that'll be pretty comfortable. Yeah, I agree. I, I do agree. Oh, Burnley, I wonder who will come in next. They've had a few shocking managers, haven't they, for them in, in recent years. Remember the Harry Redknapp days? My Harry God. Redknapp. Remember the Zola days, mate? They're even worse. It's shocking. Shocking. <laughs> Birmingham have had a rough go of it. Um, they have. Very interesting also, Tom, to see how Nathan Jones gets on um, in his first game back as Luton boss. Um, got Preston at home. Luton at 12-5. to Preston, uh, they did lose three in a row before the break. Away from home, they did lose 8 of 18. Um, they, they just generally kind of struggle um, on the road, Preston, as opposed to at home. Um, you know, they have scored in 10 of 18, only kept five clean sheets on the road. Um, alarming stat, um, under 2.5 goals. Preston involved in, sorry, 77.78 of Preston's away games um, under 2.5 goals. So they tend to keep it tight, it seems, but also they, they struggle to uh, turn that into points. I think it'll be a sticky yeah. tie, but honestly, I think I'm leaning towards Luton. Um, it's an outside bet for yeah. sure, 12 to 5. Uh, but I just think with Jones coming back, you know, they've had a chance to kind of take stock and, and the fact that Preston are pretty just average and flat on the road. Uh, I think it's a really good uh, chance for Jones to get some uh, points back at Kenilworth Road. Mm, not for me. I won't, I won't actually be going near this game personally. But <laughs> as a general point, I think the whole fanless situation is uh, really going to impact the relegation threatened sides, uh, the worst sides in the league more than most. Because, you know, when you're in a relegation battle, you want your fans to create an atmosphere to intimidate the opposition, to really, you know, fire your players up. That, they're denied that, so I think, uh, yeah, when it's all laid bare, quality of squad against quality of squad, I think they're going to struggle. Um, yeah, I wouldn't touch this one, to be honest. Fair play. One that I am leaning towards, that I didn't think I would be leaning towards before a couple of days ago, Reading at home to Stoke. Um, I fancy Reading. They're priced at 17 to 10, so they're a good price. And the only thing that's kind of swaying me more towards this is that Michael O'Neill, the Stoke manager, has got coronavirus. Yes. Yes, he has. So I'm thinking, you know, what kind of shocking preparation is that? If your manager has to kind of coordinate and lead things via video conferencing, he can't be at the training ground, he can't be near any of the players, whether he's going to be at the game on Saturday or not is touch and go. And I just think that whole dynamic, a Stoke players ain't going to be thinking in the back of their heads, are we going to get the virus because we've been around the manager who's been tested and is positive? I, I don't know. I just think it puts them in a poor frame of mind, poor preparation. And I think, uh, yeah, Redding are competent. So I think they can definitely, I think they can get the win. Good odds, 17 to 10, considering, you know, all the circumstances. Yep. I agree. Um, I can't stand Reading. I hate predicting that they're going to do anything good. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's hardly good preparation um, for Stoke and 
big game as well for Stoke. Uh, definitely not clear a danger, only three points. So, uh, yeah, far from ideal. Um, anything else in the champ that you like the look of? No, mate. Happy to move on to League Two. We're gonna we're yes. gonna do things. Yes, yes. I, you know, I was kind of in my in my stride then, and then I realised that we're not actually gonna do League One now, are we? <laughs> no, we're not. No, we've got League Two. Um, so we've got the League Two playoffs being first leg on Thursday, second leg on uh, Monday the twenty second. So the two games that we've got, we've got Colchester against Exeter and Northampton against Cheltenham on the Thursday and then the reverse fixtures again on the Monday. So um, I'm going to tell you straight away where I think I'm at overall with this playoffs picture. I think Cheltenham are going to go up. I think um, you've got two very strong, pre-coronavirus, two very strong home sides in Exeter and Cheltenham. They both play away in this first leg. I think they'll probably both avoid defeat in the first leg, and then I think they'll both win their respective home return legs and get through to the final. Um, and then I think Cheltenham will be exited because they're a better squad. That's how I think the whole thing is going to unfold. Interesting. Interesting. I agree. Um, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much, you've nailed it. Um, Exeter. Does that mean? that they will go to the playoff final for the third year in a row and lose again? I reckon so. Oh. A third, I think it's third or fourth year in a row if they get to the final. Um, because Paul Tisdale, obviously... Yeah, he had a couple of cracks. Yeah, he had a couple of cracks. It didn't work out. They're, they're up there again. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. If we, if we have a look at the, the individual games and kind of come back a little bit, I'm pretty much going to go for Exeter double chance. It's 8-15, to 15, so, I mean, it, it's hardly worth shouting about too much, but I also think that Exeter will avoid defeat, and I don't think Colchester have got enough about them um, to, you know, lay down a 2-3-4-0 marker. Um, you know, they, they've got some, got some good attacking talent. I mean, Luke Norris, Kwame Poku... Frank Nubler's always a handful at this level. He's not exactly prolific, but he's a handful. And they've got some yeah. decent players, um, but I just don't think they've got enough to really kind of lay down a marker, go to St. James's Park and, and you know, dig in and, and you know, um, and kind of have something to hold on to. I think they're going to go to St. James's Park chasing, and then I think that's going to, play into Exeter's hands. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that's pretty much the same thoughts as you, right, Tom? Yeah. Uh, I was going to read out the odds overall for promotion from this playoff group. Sure. Exeter, the favourites, 9-4. to four. Mm. Colchester, second favourites, 5-2. to two. So, the bookies generally think the winner of the playoffs is going to come from that particular uh, semi-final. Then you've got Cheltenham at 3-1 to one and Northampton also at 3-1. to one. So for me, looking at everything I know about lower league football, looking at the stats, historical, the form, the fact that Cheltenham are joint outsiders for the whole playoff picture, to me, is, um, I don't understand it. I think, yeah. Give me some of that. Give me them odds. <laughs> mm. 
Give me the odds. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, Cheltenham, I thought they were in a really good spot to put some pressure on the top three um, that were automatically promoted. Uh, to, I agree. To recap for everybody, Swindon, Crew, Plymouth will be playing League One football next season. Uh, yeah, Cheltenham, I agree. for years, for probably the two or three years, Tom, that we've done this podcast, Cheltenham were absolutely fantastic at home and a complete joke on the road. Complete yeah. joke. And they finally, finally come up with whatever they've done. Um, I can't tell you what it is, but they're really handy home and away now. And, you know, I don't mean to point out the obvious, but that helps. <laughs> if, you yeah. can, if you can be good away from home and at home. And obviously Michael Duff, uh, first job in management for him. Um, so, yeah, really, really positive uh, positive start to his managerial career. And I agree with you, Tom. Uh, Cheltenham, for me, are, um, are the favourites to go up. And is it fair to say, then, you think the Northampton-Cheltenham game, the first leg, uh, do you think that will also be uh, a draw? Or do you think Cheltenham will go out and, and get a victory there? What do you think to that one? Um, I would probably take the easy way out of that and go for draw at eight, sorry, double chance at eight to 15, draw or Cheltenham. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably say draw the away leg for Cheltenham and then win the home leg. Um, but yeah, double chance covers us both eight to 15 is not a bad price. Cheltenham as well, it's probably worth pointing out. They've lost the least number of games out of all the teams in League Two. They've lost just six times um, in their 36 games that they played. So they've shown they've got that resilience. So I feel like they have got the, the resilience to go away and get something and then take it to the home leg where they're really strong typically and uh, push on and, and comfortably beat Northampton in the semi-final. Yeah, best defensive record by 10 goals as well. Yeah. Uh, for Cheltenham, yeah. uh, 27 conceded, Colchester 37, Northampton 40, Exeter 43. So, um, yeah. nice and tight at the back as well. Yeah, so, three to one, Cheltenham to get promoted. That's what I want to be on. That's what. Well, that's what. I, that's what I am on. That's what I, I advise people that's, to be on. That's what I want to be on. <laughs> slash, that's what yeah. I've already put down. Already right. put down money on it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that wraps up all the tips um, that we've got. We're going to give you a joint bomb-proof treble for this week because there's not as many games to pick from. So uh, if you want to take it away and tell them what the bomb-proof treble is all about, if you can remember your usual intro, Tom, after after all these months. (laughs) Yeah, um, so if you're new to the show or if you haven't listened for two months um, because we haven't been around, um, then this is the part of the show where me and Tom, we put together all of our research, all of our knowledge, general gut feeling, whatever it is. Um, and we put it together into a bomb-proof treble that we recommend that you back. Uh, we back our own bets with £10 stakes, but we only want you to bet what you can afford to lose. Um, so without further ado, Tom, do you want to get us kicked off with the first of our joint treble um, this week. So uh, first of all, we're going to go for the Thursday night League 2 playoff first leg. 
draw or Cheltenham double chance uh, in the Northampton Cheltenham game. Eight yeah. to fifteen. And we're also on Saturday, June the twentieth. We're going to go for Arsenal uh, away at Brighton. They're priced at twenty-one to twenty. And finally, also at three o'clock on Saturday, West Brom at home to Birmingham, four to seven for the Baggies to get the win. And the ten-pound example stake would return forty-nine thirty-nine. Yeah, so decent returns there from uh, from those three games, which I'm pretty confident in. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, really excited to have football back. Uh, and it also, Tom, includes fantasy football. It does include fantasy football. So, um, God, doing? it seems like a long time since I've looked at my fantasy football team. Uh, if anyone is listening to this and didn't know, you can go on fantasy football now and make unlimited transfers for this week. Or um, just given away. The, a huge secret that maybe not everyone knew. Yeah, unlimited transfers this week. Uh, everyone gets uh, basically a wild card. Yeah, um, we're back. We've still got a £20 free bet on offer for, for the winner of our Fantasy Football League, Edward Ridu. He's still top. He is only top by 35 points, though. The lead has been closed slightly um, in the last few weeks before coronavirus hit us. Uh, run down the, of the top 10, actually. Run down the top 11, because uh, you'll see why. Yeah. Edward Redou, David Arias, Charlie Donnelly, Sean McCarthy, Simon Tither, Callum Hodgart, Chris Hindle, Darren Venn, David Doherty, Deidre Atnani, and uh, Tom Pipkin in 11th. Yeah. Nice. nice. Well done to the top 11, smashing it. Yeah, absolutely killing it. And uh, glad that it's going to come to a proper end and so we don't have to do a points per game or <laughs> points per week breakdown. Not points per week breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> to decide who wins fancy football. It's going to be done all properly. So Yeah, yeah. and you'd be the one who'd have to work that out because I'm not doing it. 214 people in the league. I'm not working out 214 points per week calculations. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably just award myself the victory to <laughs> save myself some money. Um, okay, so um, also if you've enjoyed the show, guys, and it's been great to be back, um, please feel free to follow us on all of our social media channels. Twitter is where we are the most active. Slash had a little break from getting back on it. T yeah. underscore FB podcast. We're on Facebook as well www.facebook.com slash football betting podcast. And if you want to email us with any inquiries, uh, questions, uh, suggestions, anything like that, feel free to do so. Football betting podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to be back, guys. Um, we hope that you enjoy listening to the show again, and we will be back probably same time uh, next week with you know, a rundown of what's happened this week and a preview of next week's Premier League and Championship games.